Hey, podcast listeners, hope you're doing well, and I hope you are winning contracts. Before we get into today's episode, I want to take a minute to share something with you that's working for our clients. Our federal access knowledge base is helping companies win contracts every single day. I regularly get emails from members thanking us and saying things like, hey, I just won a $2 million contract. Many of you have seen a video that Chris Danback shot for us at GovCon. Chris won two contracts totaling $30 million. One of our members emailed me this morning and said, the turning point that opened my eyes was using federal access to establish a professional and systematic business development and RFP process. I've now won two contracts worth $480,000. Federal access is helping a lot of companies win. It can help you too. So here's the deal. I have a special offer for you. Visit federal-access.com forward slash game changers today and get started for just $29. You're going to get access Access to a digital copy of the government sales manual, over 70 strategy videos, more than 30 webinars, 300 documents and templates, and one of my favorite pieces is SME support. So when you run into any issue, any challenge at all, you can email me directly for help. So go check out the special offer today at federal-access.com forward slash game changers. The link is in the description below the podcast. So go check that out today, federal-access.com forward slash game changers so you can get started for just $29 today. Now let's hop into this episode. Welcome to Game Changers for Government Contractors. Game Changers is dedicated to helping you position for and win more government contracts. And now your hosts, Josh and Mike. So we're talking in this episode about bridging government sales strategy with business strategy here. So Josh, why don't you kind of jump in and lay the foundation for what you talk about in this particular chapter of the Becoming a GovCon Expert book? Well, it's probably the most important encompassing concept that we cover ever. There's no shortage of experts in the market right? At least those that call themselves experts. Uh, There are, I mean, you can literally close your eyes and point your mouse and click in LinkedIn and find, oh, they're an expert in federal acquisition. They're an expert in government sales. Uh, Same with uh, Amazon, same with conferences. So there's no shortage of experts. And, you know, whether you're talking with a counselor, uh, one of the, you know, supporting organizations, or you're talking to a, you know, a paid consultant or a mentor or a rabbi, or a colleague in another company. Everybody says to you, hey, hey, Mike, you need to do these three things. You need a capability statement and you need to be talking to the small business office, right? They tell you to do all these things. Now, 50% of all companies, let's, let's use 50%. That's a really good number. It's actually fairly low, but it's a safe number. 50% of all GSA schedule holders fail to win contracts. Most people don't realize that. Most people are like, oh, look how much they buy on my schedule. I have got to go out and get me a schedule. 50% fail. In fact, in 2019, over 70% fail. We don't, mm. I don't have the numbers yet for 20. All the small businesses, 50% failed to win contracts. All the woman owned, all the minority, all the veteran, they all fail, right? It's not because they don't have really strong products and services. But you have two companies. This is a microcosm of the market, Mike. You have two companies. Both have the exact same level of education. They both go to the same conferences. They use the exact same government systems. Everything is the same. They are educated, literally identical. 
but one of them wins three and a half million and the other one doesn't make a penny. Somebody explain that to me. Explain to me how that happens. And that is how we came today to talking about bridging your government sales strategy with business strategy. Yeah. And I think all good points. One that you didn't throw out there was when you talk about 8A, yes, people go through the 8A. 8A. Post 8A, the failure rate of companies. Everybody I talk to uh, and, and everything that I've seen, every study, the failure rate after the 8A program is massive for this reason. It's this reason. It's because they don't have a strategy. They have a status and the status is their strategy, which we all know is not correct. Correct. And so yeah. that's one of the big you know, back in, people ask me about the 8A program all the time. And the first thing is I say is I hate the 8A program. And they're like, what? You hate the 8A program? Like, I love the thought behind it. What I don't like is there's not enough going on in that program to successfully graduate people. And and, and they are yeah. and they are leaning on that status and it takes them four, five, six years before they realize how to use it. And then, you know, most of it's gone. Yeah, so we, and you know, you, you, we're, we're going down one of those proverbial rabbit holes, yeah. right? That, that I like to go down. However, you're going down one. I'm proud of you, Mike. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, you, let's talk. I have a couple of points on 8A. Can I just go totally off script? Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Okay. There is no script. Jump, so jump in. when it comes to 8A, two points. One, under no circumstance, under no circumstance should you jump into the federal market and immediately get certified as a minority or socially disadvantaged company. What we all know is the SBA 8A business development program. Okay. Yep. Yep. It is the only certification across the entire federal government that has a time limit. Yep. Right? It's the only one. You have nine years. Nine years. <clears throat> if we know that the average 8A does not win any contracts, yeah, all of you listening that, that are that are either just certifying now, uh, and by the way, if you're in the middle of certification and you don't have a really strong business development strategy yet, stop the process. I cannot overemphasize how important that is. You don't want to certify 8A until you've been in the federal market for a good year or two and you have some past performance as a subcontractor to a prime because if you don't, by the time you figure out how to take advantage of your 8A status, instead of having nine years, you're going to have three or four left. Mm -hmm. And all of you that are, that, all the listeners that are going, well, that won't be me. Well, guess what? Everybody before you said, well, that <laughs> yeah. won't be me. Yeah. Right. So that's point number one. Don't race out and get certified 8A until you're ready for it. And if you don't know what being ready means, then you call myself, you call Mike, you call another expert in the market and you go, I, I, I want some feedback. Yep. Number two, when it comes to the 8A certification and what was it you were talking about before, before I jumped in? Oh, just the massive failure rate right. after the program. So they go through the nine years, they're actually winning some contracts, and then they wake up one day on day one after nine years, and they're like, why can't we win anymore? Yeah, you know, uh, no, it's very, there's different metrics in the market. Now, of course, if you ask the SBA, they have metrics that show that about 80% of 8As uh, stay in business after uh, their, their nine years are over. I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess, 
I don't think anybody truly knows uh, other than SBA if they were to run their numbers in a certain way. I'm going to guess between 40 and 50 percent of companies actually close their doors after a day period is over. Now, those are the companies, though, that have no commercial division. Mm -hmm. It's just 100 percent government. Right. And those companies that are closing their doors, and it's just as you said, they understand how to position for 8A within the government, but they don't understand how to run their freaking company. Mm -hmm. Now, those 8As that go, well, Josh, I'm an 8A. I've got $20 million in contracts. So don't tell me I don't know how. You're right. I stand corrected. You do know how to run your company as an 8A. Mm -hmm. The value of your company is that you're an 8A. The value of your company is not the value of your products and services that you provide to your clients. And so all these 8As that are doing crazy well, you know, year four or five, they should be pivoting. They should be moving away from, hi, we're an 8A company. You are required to do 5% of your sales with us right? You should never be mentioning 8A as a part of your elevator pitch. I should not see 8A at the top of your website, and I should not see 8A at the top of your capability statement. You need to be winning contracts outside the 8A program. And if you can't figure out how to do that, you got bigger problems. Right. And Mike, don't you want to know that in year five versus year nine? Yeah. I want to know it before, you know, and I like the, the point there of telling people to stop if you're in the process and you know, we're recording this and COVID's still going on. You have the opportunity to stop because of that. You do have the opportunity to, to pause your nine-year clock if there's something catastrophic. God That's a really good happens. point. That's a really good you know, point. Yeah. You know, but you don't have the right to stop it if you if you walk into SBA and go, you know what? We were really clueless when we started this and we just like to pause it for a year <laughs> while we figure out our crap. You know, like, like you, you can't right. just do that. And so I think that's where, where some of this is coming from. But this is, is getting into the overall business strategy because if I go back to something we talked about in a previous podcast where we talked about the 12 common challenges and that's another chapter in in the becoming a govcon expert book we talk about this strategic versus tactical mindset and most people approach 8a as a tactical piece of the earth they actually approach it thinking it's strategic no, but they use well it said. they use it tactically yeah, yeah I totally and, agree and totally what you agree. need to do is use it as, as a strategic jump off point for post 8A. So like going into 8A thinking, how are we going to use this so that when we graduate, we're going to be able to continue to grow? Like on day one, being able to think that, or in, in year five, if you're just hearing this, how do we focus strategically the rest of our 8A so that when we graduate, we continue to grow. Otherwise, you really don't have a business. That, that, that'll be the one point I argue with. You don't actually have a business. You have a nine-year promotion. And as soon as the promotion is over, the blue light special is gone. So are you. That was Unless, sick. You know. That was sick. That was really well said. I like that. You, you don't have a business. You have a nine-year, would you call it a promotion? A promotion, yeah. All right, so I'm adding that to my quote list. Uh, Mike knows I've got this list of you know dozens, dozens of quotes. That's, that's a good one. Hey, let me bring this, since I, I'm going to, normally Mike's the one that drags me out of the rabbit hole. I'm going to drag Mike out of the rabbit hole this time. Oh, come on. So, you know, 
talking government sales strategy, talking business strategy. What we're saying, all, all these tidbits that we're giving you, don't just develop a government sales strategy. Yes, you need one. Yes, it needs to be a part of your overall corporate strategy and your corporate process. But what you need to be building and developing is a business strategy. Mm -hmm. I don't care whether you're in the government space or the commercial space. 90% of what we all teach and coach is market agnostic. That's right. It works commercial, it works federal, et cetera. And so when, when we talk about, you know, you don't just develop a government sales strategy, you want to develop a business strategy. Here's a couple examples that come straight to mind. How do you bridge? How do you bridge that government strategy with general business strategy? One is, think about this. This is more for the small companies out there that are listening. What are you told to take to every single meeting? Your what capability are you told to, statement. Your capability statement. That's right. Now, why does everybody, it doesn't matter whether you're a PTAC, a paid consultant, a small business office, everyone say, or going to a conference. That's the big one. When you're going to an yeah, event, yeah. a regional, national conference, oh, you got to take copies of your CAPE statements. In fact, when you're at those conferences, what do they always have? I call them speed dating events. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, the one-on-one -on -one matchmaking sessions. And they tell you, don't, don't show up without a CAPE statement. Folks, everyone, everyone in the government space tells you that. But let's ask the question, why? Why does everybody recommend that? Well, one thing, we teach the way we were taught, mm -hmm. okay? So everybody who is anybody, uh, you know, so my grandmother who taught my mother, who taught my wife, who taught my daughter, everybody's gonna hear the same thing. Well, it's the same in business. The problem with that is it doesn't take general business acumen and strategy into account. You know, so if you're a first time listener, you don't know who Mike is. You don't know who I am. You've never read our books or, or you're not a member of uh, Federal Access. You don't know that in general, we say never take your capability statement to meetings. We go against what everybody else in the market tells you. Now, well, what is the likelihood of us being right? It is really freaking on target. And if you have any question about this, our clients have won two, $2.8 in government contracts in the last, what, decade, right? By following these. You cannot tailor your CAPE statement. I guess you could after the fact, but Mike, you're the government. I come in and I talk to you and you know, I'm a service company or a product company and I have six service lines or I have 12 product categories that my company sells. I sit down with you. I have a phone call with you, a video conference with you, whatever. At the end of it, I'm going to know which of my six you're really looking for. Mm -hmm. I'm going to know which 12 of my product categories you are currently focused on. If that's at the bottom of my CAPE statement, if it's at the bottom of my list of the products or services I sell, if it's not even mentioned in the corporate overview, right, it takes five minutes, five minutes to leave the meeting, update your CAPE statement and send it so that when I send it to you, you go, oh, wow, this is exactly what I'm looking for. It's about marketing. Right. It's about general business strategy. So that's one example. Don't yeah. don't be carrying boxes of CAPE statements everywhere you go. Yeah. And I think uh, on that example alone, it shows how people are really thinking. And to your point there, you're just kind of following what everybody else is teaching. And 
can you win contracts that way? Let me just back up. Can you win? Sure. Yes. Sure. But you are absolutely playing a numbers game. And if you're playing a numbers game, don't you want a better advantage? If you want a better advantage, then do it a little smarter. Because I know what, what most people are going to say is, well, if I don't bring a capability statement, I'm going to look like I'm not prepared. No, you're going to not look like everybody else. Yeah. In fact, if you bring a CAPE statement in this and you brought it to me, let's say I'm a government rep or I'm even a potential teaming partner. Right. And, and, and you gave me a CAPE statement. I'd be like, well, a typical small business bringing mm-hmm. in their CAPE statement. I yeah. do, do large companies have CAPE statements? No, no. Yeah. They don't br- no. show up with that. To them. Yeah. You're not, you're not Lockheed Martin or general Dynamics showing up with your capability statement to the meeting. You're, you're showing up and having a conversation. Yeah. Now, now let me, let me go ahead and answer the question. Everybody's going, well, what the heck do you then take? And I would say to you, well, if you were a commercial or you were a large contractor, what is the one and only one thing for the most part you drop off after a meeting? Your business card. Your business card. Yeah. So that's all you take. And, and even if somebody were to say to you in a matchmaking, I call them speed dating, uh, whether it's speed dating, whether it's a government meeting, teaming partner meeting, doesn't matter. And somebody says, Josh, um, oh, hey, do you have a copy of your CAPE statement? One, I already know that as soon as I give it to you, it's going in the circular file. Mm-hmm. It's getting pitched. And two, all I say is, you know, absolutely I do. As soon as I get back to the office, I'll give you a... A, a digital copy so it's not floating around on your desk and a hundred percent of people go sounds good thanks yeah it that's how easy it is yeah done you know it, it, it's just again it's thinking strategy versus just thinking tactics and i just i want to i want to do this because the activity creates results and you you can't say well the activity of bringing a cape statement is going to bring a result it, w- it will bring some result but it's likely not going to be the result you want you're like well i distributed a thousand of those last month why don't we have contracts mm-hmm. well because you're just like everybody else and and you're doing what all the the so-called experts in the market are telling yeah. you to do. This is how you win a contract. And what we're trying to hopefully educate our listeners to today is there are two sides of it. You have your government sales strategy of those activities you need to do to know how to spell government and how to actually win a contract. And then you can't do any of that without understanding general business strategy. Yeah. You have yeah. to think like a business professional, not a government contract. Yeah. And, and if I were to back up for a minute, I would say every one of those strategies that you hear are right. They are the right thing to do, but they're always, if you're going to do it properly, they're always preceded by some homework. Mm-hmm. And that's where we tend to skip the homework. We tend to skip a lot of the other stuff. Somebody asked me the other day, they said, well, how do I get this contracting officer to, um, how do I build a relationship with them? And I said, well, what do you think? And like, well, I'll just call them and I'll just call them and call them and call them and call them. And I was like, well, when when are you going to do that? So we're going down the rabbit hole here. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, they said, well, I'm going to go find them today and then I'm going to reach out and call them. I said, why don't don't you try this? Why don't you find them today and then go look them up on LinkedIn and I want you to follow them for two or three weeks a month, comment on their stuff, share things on their LinkedIn profile before you make the first call. Just that activity, you know, of building a relationship with them for a couple of weeks before you take the phone call, before you uh, make the phone call, they're going to take your call. Like, oh yeah, Josh from LinkedIn. Yeah, you know, we were both, you know, complaining about how much beta.sam sucks, you know, (laughs) 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 or whatever it is. You know, that's a joke from another podcast. But anyway, you know, it's like you're going to build a little bit of rapport and relationship so that when you call, hey, you know, this is Josh from LinkedIn, this is Mike from LinkedIn. They're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, And then you can start your thing. Just that little bit of step is 
different than the average person that picks them up. They've never heard of you and you're having the phone call and it, and it just took a little bit of effort. And so that's what a lot of this is about. It's a little bit of effort to tweak it so that when you do make the phone call, when you do deliver the capability statement, when you do get your 8A, when you do respond to a source of salt, which we didn't talk about, but you talk about in the book, you know, when you do those things, they're more effective. That's how you go from three to five years of struggling to winning a contract in six to 12 months. Yep, that, agree. That, that's how you do it. So any final thoughts on this? I'll just summarize everything we just talked about and all, all the various case studies. You have to think like a business professional, okay? Not like a government sales professional, a business professional. If you can question and you should question, no matter what you hear, whether it is from a counselor, a coach, a small business office, paid consultant, mentor, rabbi, colleague, don't care. Don't simply take everything at face value. Question and say, okay, now I understand this is common in the market, but what's the smart way mm -hmm. of going about this? Now, if you don't have that intellectual capital, if you don't have the experience, which a lot of companies don't have at first, if you don't have that experience of knowing how to ask those right questions, then sorry, you didn't tell me I could do this, but I'm doing it anyway. That's the whole purpose behind the books we write and the federal access system. Mm -hmm. That's why companies come to us to figure those pieces out. And it's not rocket science. Yeah, it isn't. It isn't rocket Simply science. Simply seeing the force, force through the trees. Yeah, That's no, all no, really, really good point. Really good point stuff. Thank you for being on here today. People that are listening, if you don't have a copy of the book, go grab a copy of Becoming a GovCon Expert. Hey, go grab a copy of all of our books. There's all really, really good stuff in there. <laughs> but go grab a copy of Becoming a GovCon Expert on Amazon. It goes through in-depth, Josh talking about bridging government sales strategy with business. So really good stuff, Josh. Thanks, I appreciate it. Oh, you bet, Mike. Thanks for having me on again. Thanks for listening to Game Changers for Government Contractors. For a full list of episodes and other resources, be sure and check us out on the web at www.rsmfederal.com slash gamechangers.